Okay, we are live, episode 94. I've got two Kevins. First time for that, Kevin Rutherford, Noon Hydration. Kevin Smith, Smash Brand, welcome to the show. Thanks for having Thank us. Yeah. Kevin Rutherford, we're talking Noon Hydration. Give us the story. When did it start? How did you get involved? Uh, over 16 years ago. That's how we started. We were trying to reinvent sports drinks. Um, at the time, there was traditional sports drinks like Gatorade. That's really kind of, for the most part, all that existed. Um, I came in uh, coming on eight years uh, as the self-proclaimed chief eternal optimist, otherwise known as the CEO. And um, my goal is really, we just get, we need to get people to drink more water. Let's hydrate them. And, um, and it's working. You know, we're the, the way people are thinking about hydration is changing really quickly. It's awesome. Uh, so, wow. So it's been that long. Most people who might've just seen a headline that it was acquired thinks, wow, what an overnight success that was. Uh, you know, maybe they built it over the last few years, but it, I don't think that's the story. Uh, there, there has been a, a long run. Give me a little bit of that. Who started it and how did you get involved uh, when you became the CEO? Yeah, sure. Um, the founder, uh, he's actually no longer involved in the business today, but the Tim Moxie. And, you know, here's the interesting thing. It was a business case that he was doing in school at, I believe, Dartmouth, if I remember correctly. And he was basically trying to find something that was to help him compete in an Ironman while working on a business case and get a really good grade. Clearly, he must have got a good grade. I didn't see the grade, but I'm assuming it was good because here's another little unknown fact that most people don't realize. The first investor with Tim way back 16 plus years ago was his professor. Um, so he must have got a good grade. I'm just assuming that. Um, yeah, you know what? Here's the thing. The brand started very focused with that endurance athlete, and it grew up in the sports specialty world. So think REI, um, Fleet Feet, great retailers like that. And then over time, it started to expand. And then I came in um, to take over uh, as the growth was kind of flattening out a little bit. Um, so it wasn't keeping that trajectory. So it was so came in and you know said, hey, what's our mission? What's the difference we want to make in the world? And does our product fit that? And basically what it was is the big transition moment in time was the ethos of it was on point. The electrolyte profile was on point, but we wanted to make this all clean ingredients, better for the planet, better for you. And that was the shift we made, um, you know, a couple of years after I was in, once we got the development through. Give us an idea of what that means as far as electrolytes, those that may be into health and fitness, should have some understanding they might even have some sort of drink that they go to as as far as, as products but give us yeah. sort of the frame of what that uh, vertical looks like well it's interesting i think a lot of people um know electrolytes are good for you you need them but then that's about all they know and it's like what what is an electrolyte the most essential electrolyte, by the way, is sodium. Um, sodium gets a lot of bad rap because we put so much sodium in our foods, um, but you actually need it. So you want electrolytes because what it does is it creates retention. You want some water retention in your body to make everything working stronger. Water alone, what ends up happening is you drink it and it goes straight through you. Now, just to be clear, just to be clear, I'm not saying you need noon to survive. I'm not saying that. What I am saying though, is if you really, you want, you want water to work with electrolytes. So the salts and minerals you can naturally get through a nutrient dense diet, you'll be great. Um, you push your body, you're going to lose those electrolytes. You need to replenish them. And a lot of people don't have a nutrient dense diet. So this is why 
noon, the tablet, drop it in your water is so essential and helps everything work a little bit better. Here's, here's one other little, little fact for you, Mark. Listen, if you're breathing right now, which you are, that means you're dehydrating. That also means you can't escape it. So you must, you must keep replenishing water and electrolytes. I am a big fan of water. Uh, and I, I actually need to talk a little bit more. Everybody knows I talk about, uh, you know, sort of balanced nutrition and foods and the like, but it, it's right now I'm staring over it. I have 20, another 24 account. I'm sorry. I do use classic. I promise I'll start moving away from that, but that's just something that I stare at every day. And I know how many I go through per day. And then I also take the BCAAs and things like that every once in a while. Okay. Give us what the business looked like eight years ago. Was it in the tablet form? And if not, what did it look like? And if it was, were you guys first to market with that sort of innovation? Uh, it was a tablet form. And yes, we were first. Um, it was the first, it was actually the first hydration that separates your fuel from your hydration, right? So separating the carbohydrates um, and electrolytes. The reason for that is how your body um, works with carbohydrates versus water and liquids um, uh, and electrolytes is different. So it was the first product to do that. I will say this, uh, an effervescent tablet is very novel in the United States and in Canada, not as novel. It's actually very commonplace in Europe and Australia, New Zealand, New Zealand around the globe. Um, so that product form is a little bit foreign to us, but it is, it's a magnificent form. It makes things very easy and it actually makes it even more efficacious. Um, and the rest of the globe is a little ahead of us on that. When we're talking about that category, even eight years ago, are, are we saying that Gatorade, um, even Body Armor, I don't think was even really um, a presence then, True. but did they just own that category in the minds of the consumer as being a sports related drink? Totally. Absolutely. Okay. Gatorade and then maybe Powerade too is the wow. second tier player from, uh, from Coke on that one. Got it. Yeah. And, and so what would the differences be outside of what I knew? Again, I'm coming into this with just understanding that what it does and what it doesn't do and what, what products have yeah. in them. So besides it being sugar ridden um, at that time, I, I believe they probably have light products now and light products and things like that. Is mm -hmm. that really what you were going up against, which really you're just providing a better option? Yeah, ab absolutely. It is a better option. So noon has one gram of sugar as an example versus gosh, it just depends on which skew you're picking up. But we're, let's say it could be somewhere in the 25 grams or plus of, of sugar. By the way, you need fuel for sports, but you don't want to get it through a liquid form. You want to get it through food, ideally. So food in your pocket, if you want to be like a cyclist, food in your pocket and hydration in your bottle is kind of the, the mentality. And it's the same thing for when you're not an athlete. So think of athlete as the ghost of Christmas future, right? It's like kind of work there. And then you go, how do you expand that and extend it to society in general? Uh, we could talk on this separately uh, for days um, because I, I, I like that topic um, about sugars and, and how you can get them. I, I'm just giving this as a, for instance, post my workouts in the morning, it's the only time that I take in pure sugar and I take it through an orange juice is post-workout. So I have my shake, yeah. right? I take my protein, shout mm -hmm. out Orgain. Um, mm -hmm. That's a plug. Uh, and um, so I, it's, it, and I've been doing this for 20 years, right? And then I take two swigs of orange juice. And, then, and that's really where I'll take pure, what I call consider pure sugar. 
Okay. I'll, I'll go a step further. If, if it, I have one, I very rarely, like a donut, people don't understand. It's actually the same exact thing. I don't, I'm getting off topic, but I'm just going to go back to this whole thing about sugar and how you take it in and, and, and the like. Walk us through uh, some of the, the sales aspects as far as distribution. Let's say after you came on, give it another few years. Let's say 2017, 2018. Mm-hmm. What did the business look like? Yeah. Um, so once, once we converted our product to all natural ingredients, which was around 2015, I came in in 2013. Um, so once we did that, it said, all right, let's, let's really find a way to partner and go deep whole foods and sprouts for the key players that we were thinking about there beyond the sport retailers. Um, and it's, it's kind of like, you know, know your focus consumer and then keep building out. Don't, don't go chase the volume, right? Accelerate your growth by pushing out. And so from there, that's when we started to move over to a little bit more conventional players and started partnering with Target um, and started partnering with Kroger. And then most recently, now you got Walmart um, in that mix. Does that, does that make sense? Does that it's, it, makes a lot, it makes a lot of sense. While you're doing that, how are you actually building the brand? How are you getting consumers outside of the sport retail aspect, which makes sense. Like I often say, even in nutrition supplement for, for even products like ours, there's less education that needs to take shape, right? They get it. So when you're going into sprouts, even whole foods, natural, it's a little, again, it's a little easier, but then conventional, how are you bringing the consumers to the brand? How are you getting velocities to turn? Yeah. I, you know, we kind of think about as surrounding the consumer, like triangulating around them. So what do you do in store on screen and then in person? Here's a, a little unknown fact that people don't realize about noon um, prior to the pandemic. Um, noon is served very frequently on run courses and, and bike too, but more run um, in particular. And noon would be the second most served hydration on course actually was technically the most served because the LA marathon was the biggest marathon in 2020. And then everything shut down, but that's a technicality, but second most served hydration on course. So think about that reach, that high touch, that education and getting you ready for your marathons or half marathons or 5k, 10k. So second most in the U S most served hydration in Canada. So think about that reach and education and very focused consumer. And then that starts to permeate and build this community. Our ambassador program, by the way, I think noon might've been leading edge on that one prior to me, it started and it's, it grew from basically how do we target and connect with these bloggers and do a hood to coast run together, which is a crazy call it 72 hour run or 48 hour run, um, is doing this to today. Just, I think we have like 15,000 ambassadors. They're raving fans of the brand to spread the love. Um, and then, so that, that's kind of your in-person and then in-store, obviously sampling. We did a lot of that and continued to grow it. And then on screen is, you know, really about performance marketing and reach. That's a lot of, a lot of good detail. I, again, you're, you're where your customers are. So that's a, a big piece. I, a lot of times that, that sort of statement is, is thrown out there. You want to be where your customers are. Well, sometimes yeah. you don't know where they are. You have a product that you may think fits one, one area and you're just wrong. In this particular case, I think it's, when we talk low hanging, you actually identify who a customer is. Specifically, it can be a runner or a cyclist or triathlon or wh- whatever it may be. It's definitely sport active. And then those that are talking about it are able to reach others who may want to be involved. They don't have to be in a race per se, but they want to be healthier. They want to yep. start getting into the gym. They want to get out there for a run. So um, it, it, 
it shows that it definitely worked um, because of the way the business grew. I want to fast forward. Um, there yeah. was headlines recently of being acquired. What did that process look like? Uh, you know, again, you're building this brand for so long. Again, it wasn't an overnight success. What did the last 18 months look like for you to even be put in a position to do that? Painful. No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> uh, the process of going through um, when you get acquired is actually kind of painful for those of you that have never been through it. Because it's just, it's a lot. It's a lot of work. Um, here's what I would say is uh, three and a half years ago um, is important to note that inflection point. Uh, that inflection point was, listen, we need more capital to infuse in the business and to grow it. So we partnered with TSG. Um, that bode well. We accelerated our growth. We started to accelerate our awareness and trial. 18 months ago, you're right. Um, actually, 18 months, it's been a crazy 18 months for all of us with the, with the pandemic. But it was really trying to understand, um, you know, the business, what do we need to do next to grow? So we, we, um, we had an exceptional growth year in 2020, um, and that continues to go in 2021. And so really, we were trying to assess what's, what's the situation with the brand? Should we look at um, an acquisition? We were considering from an investor perspective, they're going, is this a moment in time where all the stars are aligning, both on the brand and the category that's being created? And then there was also, from my perspective, honestly, it was, that's true. But I was actually thinking, well, to go to that next decrement, we need the capabilities of ideally a big strategic. We can go for it on our own, but we can go even faster if we do that. And that's how we ended up, um, fortunately for us, with Nestle Health Science. Jeez, uh, back on Mother's Day, it was basically when it was signed. Congratulations with that. Yeah, I, I, um, I, you hear of the stories, especially um, as far as what, you know, what type of, of effort is put into it. And it's, it's not like it's overnight. You're going, you know, there's a, there's a lot of back and forth and communication and details that have to be put together. And at the same time, you still have to focus on the business, right? Mm -hmm. You know, you have exactly. a business that's growing. And at the same time, you're talking about being acquired. The, the piece that is very important, again, because in our space, there is a lot of fluff and there's things that you have to sort of read between the lines. You do need capital. You know, you, you get into what I call an inflection point multiple times, you know, potentially. And for you to really punch the growth and take advantage of maybe an opportunity that's in front of you, you need capital. And yeah. um, I don't think it's talked about as openly enough. I don't think um, I don't think many people have access to it the way that that others do. Um, and we, we should try to figure out how how to navigate that or at least be educated enough so people um, understand what they're looking for as they're as they're building their business. So true. Like I, I remember prior to um, TSG coming in with capital uh, and investing in our business. So really grateful for that. Prior to that, we were we were very much a hand to mouth of trying to buy inventory while you're trying to like, we basically were tapped on growth. We couldn't grow faster. We didn't have the cash um, because accounts receivable wasn't coming in fast enough to go build the inventory and then therefore spend on marketing. It was, a, it was really interesting. And then the trajectory changed when we opened that up. Like it, it, it absolutely opened up what possibilities were there. Very cool. Well, I, I like it. Um, I know that I know that I've known the brand uh, for a very long time. Uh, congrats on on this, and I, I it's going to be exciting because again, the partnership allows for you to move at an even greater speed. Uh, so it'll be fun to to watch it uh, watch it over the next however many years. Uh, Kevin Rutherford, I put the info up there. Noon hydration. Kevin Smith, 
Smash brand. I, I did a little bit. I was looking at it. I'm like, well, oh, wow, look at all this stuff. Just give us a little bit. Like, first off, let's just talk about Smash brand. What, what is that all about? Give us a little bit of the history on that. Yep. Smash brand itself is the, it's the only agency in the United States that guarantees outcomes for its clients. We can legitimately guarantee when somebody hires us for a brand refresh or something, the exact sales that that change will make in the marketplace. And, and, and the, the, basically the short, the short version of a long story is, you know, uh, this conversation you had just resonated with me a lot um, because I've owned uh, four other CPG brands, mostly in the sports nutrition or wellness space. And I've had small exits and they've all come at a time where we've had, you know, that warehousing and the 16 employees and we've hit 7 million in sales. And now it's like, you know, accounts receivable, not catching up with the opportunities instead of going out there and trying to scale, which, which scares me and I'm terrible at it, we would sell. And so I would exit out and let somebody else take the company and we move on and start our next one. So we've actually exited successfully from, from four companies. And it was kind of the process that we would always use, which is I'm a computer science guy. My partner is a consumer behavior um, guy. And we use a ton of statistics uh, and frameworks that are marketing sciences to develop brands. Like it's not creative first, it's data first. And that's how we can guarantee stuff. But it was really from our having our own brands. And that's what we do. And then the last thing I want to say is what interests me is not new business into Smash brand because there we are just tapped out of clients. But for me now, you know, we still own a lot of Amazon brands today. Um, but what really interests me is emerging CPG brands where we can make an investment not only in cash, but um, to bring our expertise in to kind of help them get to that next level. That's what I'm interested in. Cool. Well, I'm sure a lot of people will love hearing that one. Um, so Ke Kevin Rutherford, Noon Hydration, Kevin Smith, Smash Brand. I got the info there. Uh, great having you both on. Enjoy the rest of the week. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Kevin.